and welcome to the Therapeutic Teaching Podcast. I'm Shahana Knight, the founder of TPC Therapy and the creator of the Therapeutic Schools Award and the Therapeutic Teaching Course. And every week I'll be talking about all things related to well-being and mental health in schools. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of inspirational goodness to go out there and make a real difference in the lives of the children that you're working with. Each week will be full of innovative ideas, inspirational stories, practical guidance and even some freebies so that we can actually redefine what school should be for the children of today. You have so much power to make some real changes so let me show you how. I'm so glad you found me here. Let's jump right in. Hi everyone, welcome to another podcast episode. So today's podcast episode is going to be focused on you. I want you to use the Christmas period to really focus on your well-being and I've got a few ideas for you. So this episode might be short and sweet, we'll see how it goes, but I really want you to focus on yourself as you move out of the school environment and into the home Christmas period. So I know that this year has been really hard. Honestly, it has been a crazy up and down year. Everyone's feeling really overwhelmed. You have been kicked to pillar to post, whether you're a head teacher or a teacher or anyone in any industry working with children. What you expected for this year has not been how this year has worked out. You've had to adapt. You've had to change the game. You've had to work longer days, longer nights. You've had to plan completely different sessions. And it's just been chaotic. I think chaotic is the word. Trying to manage the breakdown of bubbles, trying to manage staff going off, trying to manage children going off. So much that's added on top of your original and normal job that this year has been full of emotional ups and downs. I know that teachers have been feeling overwhelmed, then they've been feeling really excited, then they've been feeling really unsettled, and then what they'd planned has been changed. Changing your environments to being a stripped back version of itself, that was heartbreaking to see. So many things. And actually what you've done is you've used up a lot of your emotional reserves. So you have been giving to the children and to the staff and anyone else, the parents, for this three months from September, October, November, through now into December, in a way that is an emotionally draining way. So you've just been giving, 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 giving it. Go, 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 go. And I know so many of you have been staying up really late just trying to get things set, ready for the next day. So Christmas time is coming and it's so important that you spend some time on yourself. I know that's easier said than done. And you might be sitting there going, yes, Hannah, that's great, but I've got to do the presents. I'm going to have people at my house for Christmas. The tree needs sorting out. The kids need sorting out. And that's all true. That's all very true. I am in the same position right now as well, but you've got to put yourself first as well because you need to be in a position in January to welcome the children back and be ready to get on that roller coaster again because we don't know what's going to be happening in January either. We're back to the same position. So you've got to be able to be emotionally available. And I want you to see it like this. Inside you, you carry everything the children bring. So it's like you're a vessel. And if you have been filled up for the last four months, the last three to four months, with children's stuff, school stuff, adults around you, head teacher expectations, whatever it might be, then you are full of other people's emotional baggage. Now baggage, I don't like the word baggage, but I'm just going to use it for all intents and purposes right now. So you are full of their stuff. You have to be able to release that, process that, find a place where you feel calm and relaxed, 
that your rational brain is on because you're possibly working in reptilian brain. If you're really stressed, you might be working on adrenaline. You might not be sleeping. You might not be eating great. You might have stopped doing simple things you were doing in lockdown, like exercising and drinking more water. And so your body is really, really, really in need of some TLC. And I'm not saying that in a wishy-washy way, like go and spend some time on your wellbeing because that's just become such a buzzword and such a like, a quick easy sentence to say I genuinely mean your body needs it your brain needs it and I know that you want to be your very best self in January you want to be able to be there for the parents and the vulnerable kids coming back after a horrendous difficult three weeks at home you want to be able to get back on the bandwagon and continue to teach for the final part of the year and you cannot do that if you're not emotionally ready so this is the best opportunity to start to prepare you to do that and although you still have loads of responsibilities and I'm sure that you do so much at home that people rely on you there's time there is always time for yourself because if you don't give yourself that time you're just going to burn out and you'll end up in January feeling really rubbish because you're still stressed, you've gone back, you've had a Christmas break, but you feel super stressed straight away in the first week, and that isn't what you want. You want to go back, rational brain on, really calm, being able to cope with the behavioral issues the children will bring in, be able to follow your behavior plans, being able to be reflective in your language, being able to see behind the behavior, all of that comes with being in rational brain. You can't do that from survival brain, so you've gotta give yourself a break. So let's go through some really simple, easy ways for you to take time and look after yourself through this Christmas period. So the first one is eat loads of mince pies. No, I'm joking, it's not at all. The first one is to create a gratitude journal. So a really, really good way to take stock of the year and to take stock of each day is to keep a gratitude journal where you write down four things that you're thankful for just for that day. So it's a really, really good way to give yourself a little bit of time every day, reflective time, and to just kind of be peaceful for a minute. I think we do so much so often for everybody else that it's so easy to just not really be very thankful, to just go, 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 go. And being thankful creates a feeling of happiness within us because there is loads to be thankful for, regardless of how stressful things are and how difficult things are. There's so many good things that happen in a day. And it might be as simple as somebody saying something really nice to you. It might be as simple as your children coming and giving you a huge hug for no reason, or your husband making you a cup of tea, or going on a walk and being in nature. There's loads. So a gratitude journal would be that you would go out, you would buy a plain journal, new, brand new, not just on pieces of paper. And every night when you go to bed, you sit in your bed and you just choose four key things for that day and you write them down. So you literally list them and you don't, I wouldn't list them one, two, three, four, I would just bullet point them and just have husband made me a cup of tea and um, children gave me a hug randomly or um, uncle ran me and told me that I've done amazing this year, blah, 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 whatever. And try and find four things every day. And then at the end of the Christmas break, so maybe even on New Year's, read them back. So just read back what has happened over the last three weeks and realize how amazing things have been, how thankful you are, how enriched your life is, because there are always positive things. And it could be as simple as the fact that it was a fresh day and you went and had your coffee outside. So try that first, a gratitude journal. And you could even do that all year round. The second thing is to meditate. Now, some people don't like meditation and that's absolutely fine. But if you're willing to give it a go or if you've done it before but you've dropped it off and you've not really done it for a while, try and continue to do it. So I'll put a link at the bottom of this podcast episode for a meditation. I'll do a music meditation and I'll also drop a link into a meditation that I do where I'm speaking through it on YouTube. 
Meditate every evening. So give yourself, before you go to bed, 10 minutes where it's just you. Get headphones and your phone and choose either a calming, peaceful piece of music or a guided meditation. But headphones is a brilliant way to block everything out and to help your brain really focus and be immersed in the meditation. And try and do it as loud as you can. Obviously, don't hurt your eardrums, but so that it feels like it's permeating all your brain and your soul and your body. Lie down or sit down. I wouldn't lie down because I tend to fall asleep when I lie down and do meditations and then I wake up really annoyed that I fell asleep. And I can't I don't feel as um I don't know, like in tune with my meditation when I'm laid down. So I sit up in bed and I have my headphones in. I kind of sit in like a cross-legged position with my hands like resting on my knees and I just sit there and that really helps. So do it in bed, dark room, music on, 10 minutes before bed and just either relax and listen to every bit of the music, follow the music, maybe let pictures come into your mind with the music If those pictures are positive, fantastic. If they're not, you might want to guide your thoughts. So let your thoughts become um, more focused on something. So maybe you imagine a beautiful field, flowers growing in the field, trees, animals, whatever it is. And as the music goes on and unfolds, your picture unfolds, you see more, you hear more. Focus on the way things look, focus on what they're doing, the sounds you can hear, the smells you can smell. Fine detail. So if you're imagining, um, let's say, the countryside and you've got flowers growing and in your mind as the music goes, a different flower pops up each time. What colour is the flower? What shape is the flower? What does it smell like? Do you go and pick it up? Do you hold it in your hand? Really imagine the details. That's a great way to meditate. Sometimes just listening to music is really hard because you just get loads of intrusive thoughts and you end up thinking about other things. I really love focusing on an image or a picture because it just helps to focus your mind. You just feel a bit more in control. And if you really love meditation, you really, really want to use meditation to kind of help inform your life, you might want to imagine your life as you want it to be. So you might imagine Christmas Day and everybody around laughing and playful and joking and happy. You might imagine January and getting a promotion or whatever it might be or some sort of life's goal And that's what you're really intentional on. And that's what you visualize. So use meditation to help calm your brain, calm your thoughts. It's going to help regulate your heartbeat. It's going to help regulate your um, internal emotional state. It's great for your health. It's actually crazy. It like reduces um, blood pressure. And that's amazing. So there's loads of things that it can do. It helps with mental health. It helps with your mindset. And actually, because you're shifting your brain into rational brain every night when you go to sleep you're teaching your brain to kind of regulate itself you'll find that you're less stressed out in the day and if something happens that usually you'd be really angry at you're not you can cope with it more and it's because you're teaching your brain every night when you're meditating so try meditation the third one everyone says it but I want you to do it and I'm going to try really hard to do it as well use your phone less we are all addicted to our phones our phones are lighting up areas of the brain that are the same areas that light up when you take drugs, so when you take opioids and cannabis. And our phone lights are doing the same thing. It's draining, it's tiring, it's negative, it makes you feel really bad, it disrupts your sleep massively. And I think everyone is a bit wired because of their phones and we don't really realize it. Now you might be in the classroom all the time teaching, so you're not on your phone as much, but if you spend your evenings on your phone, texting, Instagramming, whatever it might be, scrolling, 
even working the last part of your day where your brain is trying to calm down, it's trying to get ready for bed, it's trying to regulate itself, it's trying to be peaceful, you're turning it on. You're making it go kind of hypersensitive, all the pictures, the images, the lights, the flashing, the fast pace, the switching from thing to thing. It's basically getting wired and it's really hard to sleep and it becomes addictive, becomes an addictive practice because of that light up part of the brain that you wanna to continue to reach for your phone, reach for your phone, reach for your phone. And if you're not careful, you'll find that by the time you get to week two, you're on your phone more than you're present in the room with the kids or present in the room with your family. And that isn't what you want for Christmas. And you're gonna come out of Christmas feeling like almost anxious, like you've got all this energy, all this excess energy inside you and it's because of the phone. So put the phone away. If you go out with the children, if you go out with your family, put the phone away, don't take it with you or put it in your pocket and leave it in the car or something like that. Really focus on being present. If you're in the countryside, be in the countryside. If you're having a meal, have a meal. If you're all sat around the house, just chilling out, be in the house, chilling out. Don't be on your phone. Try and use it in the evening less as well. So this is my promise to myself over Christmas. The last two hours of every day, literally put your phone upstairs, put it on charge, go downstairs, watch a film, read, be with your family, whatever it is you need to do, but don't be on your phone. And just see, do it for seven days. Just see if it makes a difference to your sleep. Because a lot of us, I myself as well, I watch a film and I'll have my phone on and I'm Googling or Amazon in or I'm searching or something in the film makes me go, oh, I wonder what that one's been in before and I'll get on my phone. And then I go to bed and before I go to bed, I put my alarm on to wake up in the morning, but then I'll just check Instagram or I'll check my emails or I'm not really doing anything of any help. I'm not really doing anything that makes me feel good. It's a habit. And then I'm super wired and it takes me a while to fall asleep and my quality of sleep isn't very good. Now, they say, now I need to test this out as well, so let's test this out together, that when you don't look at your phone for the last two hours of the day and you just go to sleep, you just leave it on charge, go upstairs, lie down, read or whatever you might do before bed and then sleep, that your body has a deeper level of sleep and you get a more quality level of sleep and you don't wake up tired. So I wake up exhausted every morning and I feel like the sleep I've had, even if it's been a good sleep, it hasn't really made me feel any less tired. Now I know I'm going to bed late and that might be an issue and I suppose that's another point for us all is to go to bed earlier. So go to bed earlier and don't go on your phone is probably what this point should be. But definitely being on the phone makes me wake up tired. So let's all try it together. Don't go on your phone for two hours before bed and let's see if we have better sleep and if we wake up with more energy. So that's the second, third one. The fourth one, go to bed early. <laughs> Just give yourself that time to rest and relax. Going to bed super late and waking up early if you've got children or even sleeping in till 10 or 11, it's not really very healthy and it doesn't help our bodies. Sleeping earlier between 9 and 10, although it sounds super early, can have a huge impact on the energy levels the next day and the quality of sleep that you had. So give it a try, go to bed a little bit earlier. Number five, drink loads of water. So you probably aren't drinking enough water in your day-to-day -day working life, unless you're amazing and you've got one of those huge bottles and you drink it throughout the day, which lots of teachers I know actually do. But water helps us feel hydrated, helps our thoughts be clearer, helps us feel, um, it like flushes out all the toxins from our body. And obviously it's great for our skin and all the rest of it, but it makes us feel good and we don't realise that. And so if we're not having water, we're not replenishing on and getting all those toxins out of our body. So just drink more water and you don't have to go crazy and buy a huge flask. Just have two glasses of water a day. That's it. I'm not asking you to do five or 10, just two full glasses of water a day and then see if it makes a difference. The next thing is laugh. 
have fun over the holidays. Try not to stress about the small stuff. It doesn't matter if the veggies are rubbish and soggy and horrible. It doesn't matter if things don't go perfect. Don't worry about it. Just go into the holiday and let yourself be in rational brain. Laugh, enjoy yourself. Be silly, play with the kids, laugh, dance around, be fun with your partner, crack jokes, just enjoy it. And it might feel like you're forcing it a little bit at first, but if you do that and you really take the opportunity to try and have some fun, it will become really natural. And by week two, you're going to feel a lot happier and a lot of those stress hormones you've built up through the year are going to go. They're going to leave your body because laughter is honestly one of the best things we can do for our mental health and well-being because you cannot have stress hormones in a body that is feeling happy. So the more you give yourself shots of happiness, the better. Now, I know someone who often has really low thoughts and doesn't feel great. And he was telling me that one of the things that he does is when he's around me and the kids, he comes and he feels rotten, but then he fakes it with the kids. He fakes being happy, he fakes playing pirates, he fakes, and by the time he leaves for the day, he feels great because making his brain do those things, yeah, at first it feels disingenuous because you don't feel great, but by the time you've done it over and over and over again, your brain goes, oh, right, yeah, great, okay, we're happy, and it changes the chemicals in your body. So laugh, please, 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 have fun, laugh, watch daft films, listen to silly music, be playful, and don't get caught up on the small stuff. You know, I had a friend who, bless her, on Christmas Eve, the kids thought it was Christmas Day, and they came running down the stairs and opened all the presents, all the presents. And she was mortified. And we used to do before COVID Christmas Eve parties and we were all having hot chocolate and talking and she was just mortified that Christmas had been ruined. And it's in times like that that you've just got to be like, right, how do I flip this on its head? Do I spend the day absolutely miserable and angry at the kids or do we just act like it's Christmas and carry it through to the next day? But just try not to sweat the small stuff. Not that I'm saying that that is small because that would have stressed me out too. Um, number seven, take 30 minutes of alone time every day. So is that for you a bath, a bubble bath? Is it reading? Do you like jogging or even just getting a cup of tea, standing outside and having a drink, staring out at the garden? Something, anything that makes you feel good. Just literally 30 minutes. If you can't manage 30 minutes, do 10 minutes but make it really intentional. In fact, if you decide that you're going to keep a gratitude journal and you want to do the things in this podcast, maybe in the front of that journal, you have a tick list that says, okay, I'll go to bed early, I'll drink my water and I'll do a gratitude journal. And every day, just tick it so that you're keeping on top of it and you're being a little bit more intentional about it and keeping yourself accountable for the decision that you've made. But 30 minutes or 10 every day just for you. And don't feel selfish. Say to your husband or to your partner or to your wife, I need to have this time. So I'm going to go to the shop on my own and I'm going to walk and listen to music on the way. Or I'm going to go outside, I don't want anyone to disturb me and you have your drink and build in that time. Number eight is getting nature. I can't tell you how nature is a healer. Go for walks, even if it's cold, get up a hill, go if you're in the sort of Manchester-ish area, we're right, we're not very far from the peaks. There's beautiful walks. There's a gorgeous walk just right opposite Blue John Cavern. Matt's gorgeous. And just get out and do it. And just give yourself that opportunity to be in nature. Be free, get your hat on, get your coat on and go. And just have a walk. If those things are a bit too far-fetched and you're thinking, Chana, I'm not ready for a frigging hike. That's fine. Just go and walk around the block. Go and walk to the shop instead of driving to the shop. 
just something to get you out in nature. The air will help you. The scenery, if you are out in a countryside or in a park, will really help you. Seeing trees, it makes a huge difference. And try and do it at least twice a week or every Sunday or something for the three weeks that you're off. The ninth thing is to do kind things for others. So when we're kind and give to people, it makes us feel really good as well. It like releases a load of happy hormones and it just makes us feel really satisfied and really happy and really good. And that's one of the reasons why giving people presents at Christmas is a really great thing to do. So do kind things. Can you drop presents at people's doorway? Just do the extra thing, make it extra special. So for me on Christmas Eve, I'm gonna drop all the kids that we know because we can't see them. We usually have a big Christmas Eve party. We usually do gingerbread house making and we all do our gingerbread houses as a family. So we usually have about seven families here and we cram around our table and we all decorate our um, gingerbread houses and the, the mums and the dads get involved with the kids and there's Christmas music on and then we have like mulled wine, like non-alcoholic mulled wine because I don't drink and we just have a really lovely time together and then everyone goes home about three o'clock and they do their own Christmas Eve traditions and we can't do that this year because of COVID. So instead, I'm gonna go that extra mile to do something kind I'm going to get each child a helium balloon that says Merry Christmas. I'm going to get sticky words and just put Merry Christmas on the balloon. I've got them all a little gift box to put their Christmas presents in. And I'm going to put the Christmas box on their porch by the door with the balloon, the helium balloon, ring the bell. And then they can open their door and see that their Christmas present is just that little bit extra special. Um, so that's my plan to do something special for people. You might want to deliver handmade cookies to the neighbours or write Christmas cards to everyone in the neighbours with a nice poem that helps them feel positive about this year. You might have an older person and you might get a huge joke Christmas cracker, shove it through the post box and pull it together. Stupid things like that. Just do things that will make other people feel really good. And once there's that transaction of you bringing really positive, happy, light energy, they're going to pick up that happy light energy too and everyone's just going to feel better as a collective whole. And the last thing on my list is dance. It sounds really crazy but have music on often. We have music on in our house almost all the time. Getting ready, um, in the evenings we have relaxing music on before um, the kids go to bed so we do that for about 40 minutes. We have like calming music on while we're eating and um, we have music on in the car, we have music on in the house and we constantly enjoy music. So have music on but also dance. Just be free, play your favourite old songs, like play silly music and just have a wiggle. If you've got children it's a great excuse because the kids will make you dance and if you start dancing they're going to dance. But if you haven't, still have a dance, do something that makes yourself feel really, really good. And it doesn't have to be a slow dance, it can just be a bum wiggle while you're washing the dishes, but something that makes you feel happy. When you dance, you lift your spirit and you really pump yourself with happy hormones. And even if it doesn't feel like you wanna dance, once you start dancing, you start feeling really good. So if you can find the opportunities to dance, dance. A great tip if you do have children is you can buy these lamps, these like lamp light bulbs that um, attach to your light fitting. So you put it in, you plug it into a light or a lamp and it's like a disco ball light. So it's got loads and loads of lights. It goes around the room like a disco light, like um, a DJ would have. And you can plug it in anywhere. Every Christmas, as part of our tradition, we make the room really dark, we have two of them, we plug them into the light switches and then we put music on and we just dance with the kids. And then all the grandparents get up and they start dancing 
everyone's sat and by the end we've got everyone up on their feet everyone's dancing and it's just a great excuse to feel good and to just kind of make Christmas that a little bit more special and it doesn't have to be Christmas day it can be at any point you can literally just go right let's crack on the bulbs and go and get the disco balls put them in turn the lights up and have a little dance so try and do things like that all right guys that's the end of this podcast episode please try and do one of these 10 things and if you do and it's going really well drop me a line send me a tweet or find me on LinkedIn and post about it um, I am on Facebook as well though I'm not using it as much as I'd like to be right now but you can obviously find me on Facebook tag me in a post that would be amazing and just do something for you and so that you're ready in January to go back and face whatever trials and tribulations that are going to be thrown at us and just take that time for you bye guys have a wonderful Christmas really quick exciting message for you so on the 31st of december which is new year's eve i'm going to be releasing a really special episode it's going to be our new year's 2021 intention setting challenge now this challenge is basically setting our new year's resolutions together but it's going to be looking at it with a little slight twist so if you really want to get involved i'd love to see you there you get a free workbook and you can sign up, give fill out the workbook as we go through the podcast episode, and that's gonna help you be a little bit more intentional with your intentions for 2020 and stick to them as well. So if you want to get involved, click the link below, sign up, and then we'll email you out the workbook closer to the time. You can listen to the podcast episode at any point on the 31st and start to set your intentions with me. I can't wait to see you there, and hopefully you'll have a wonderful Christmas between now and then. Bye guys.